In today's episode, once again, we're speaking to Dorothy Willlove. Dorothy is a business coach consultant for six-figure women coaches and experts. She has 22 years of experience in sales and marketing and has a passion for helping clients realize their unique potentials so they can charge their worth and stay in the zone of brilliance. And in today's episode, we're speaking to Dorothy about the six steps to simple sales. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing Dorothy Wallner. Welcome, Dorothy. Hello. Glad to be back. Thanks, Gul. Thank you so much for being such an amazing guest on Friday Feature. We had to have you back for Money Talkies. Dorothy, everyone's heard your intro, but please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. I am a sales and marketing consultant. I help a six-figure online women entrepreneurs to zero in on their zone of brilliance, simplify and increase their sales, and finally get all their fancy funnels and copywriting done, even if they dread tech or they feel scattered in their business. Wonderful. And this leads us on to today's topic, which is six steps to simple sales. So what's the first step, Dorothy? Yeah, I use my simple framework to help people create sales when they don't have all of maybe the infrastructure set up, that sort of thing is exactly what I did when I had to figure things out. And I was overwhelmed and frustrated. So I use the acronym simple because mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I help my clients figure out is that they need to look at things with a sales mindset. It's a different pair of glasses. It's a lens that they need to approach. A lot of times people don't see their value. They don't see what they do as, you know, something that someone else wants to invest in or buy or collapse the time learning to create. So I want them to look at everything from a sales mindset and to realize that that is a powerful way to help someone else out. Okay. So what would be the first step to to, to just um, repeat that again? Is that what's the first step? The first set is to look at everything through the lens of sales. So instead of looking at things as if they're not a value for you, they look at it through a lens of sales, meaning they look at the things that they offer into the world or the knowledge they have, ah, the unique intersection okay. of their ah, passion okay. and profit. Ah, okay. So I, 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 now I understand what you mean. So instead of looking upon something in the way that, oh, I like this because I'm so good at this. And, you know, I think this, for example, you know, I, I'm an energy healer. So it's, when I, I know how important cord cutting is, I mean, let's use that as an example, because I think it's, it's better to explain it a bit more further. So it, I know how valuable cord cutting is. I know people should be doing it and, how, you know, how, be, how much better it is for them, et cetera. But my clients who've never heard of cord cutting or, you know, and they don't know, you know, how they can help them, you know, make more money or not have money or what, you know, how we can help the mindset would not have a clue. So then I have to present cord cutting in a way that allows people to understand where, how that technique or that tool is going to help them further their sales, have better relationships, have better health, whatever, whatever area I'm selling it in for. And this is important for you to have that vision first, rather than me thinking, 
what are the most amazing things in this world? It, this is how you do it. And it's you know, cutting your etheric cords and blah, blah, blah. So instead of talking about the features of my um, my cord cutting and the technique I'm using or my or whatever whatever service I'm offering, I need to start seeing it from the client's point of view. What do they want to hear and how do they want to see this? So basically, talk, rather than talk about features, we're talking about the benefits. This will help you do. Is that is that what you is that what you're talking about? Yes, very much so. Um, basically, one of the things that I try and tell people um, to kind of communicate because a lot of us come into this world thinking that people buy what we do, yes. but they don't. Mm. They buy what problems you solve. Mm. And so when you look at things through that lens of sales, you start to think of what kind of problems are really hurting people at night. What's keeping them up until two or three o'clock in the morning? What's making them pull their hair out? What's waking them up and giving them the sweats? right? And making them stressed out. Those are the sorts of things that they always talk about vitamins and painkillers, right? If someone will, yeah, sure, they'll buy vitamins because they know they're good for them, but they'll invest in painkillers because they have to solve that problem of that migraine. Mm. They're not going to not take it. So when you look at things through the sales lens, sometimes we're offering things like what you just said, you're offering your cord cutting, right? And you're saying to somebody, this is amazing. It's so wonderful. I'm an energy healer. Cord cutting is going to change your life. That doesn't work because they're like, great, cord cutting. But you were able to explain why cord cutting is so valuable to them, what it's going to change for them, how it's going to solve the problem of making money, right? Which is mm. the thing that's keeping them up at night. That's what they want. So when we pivot that and look at it that way, it gives them the opportunity to see that it through the lens of sales in a way that doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I have to make money. I hate sales. I'm not interested in doing that. It's allowing them to put on that different set of glasses mm. and see sales in a way that's positive, see it in a way that's collapsing that time for people. Mm. And I think that's very important. Okay. So that's step number one. What's step number two? Step number two is implement daily. So I for implement daily. And when I talk about that, the very first thing people think is, oh, they slap their head and they're like, geez, you mean I've got to do all kinds of social media content every day. I've got to show up consistently, that sort of thing. That's absolutely not it. What I want people to do when they implement daily is to do the critical things that grow your business. So I want you having conversations. I want you talking to people and doing your market research. If you haven't yet made a lot of sales or you're looking to up-level the price that you're charging, the volume of people you do work with, um, have a group program, that sort of thing, you want to be talking to people about it. You want to be sharing it on social media and saying, hey, would anyone be interested in this? And you also want to be doing one of my like superhuman strengths is, any of the paid groups I'm in, any of the communities where I've created a, you know, a lot of relationships and things like that, I'm in there. I'm talking to the people. I'm communicating with them. I'm seeing what questions they're asking, and I'm implementing my feedback to them on a daily basis and then getting in one-to-one -one conversations. So instead of focusing on content creation, which I consider passive selling, I want people to implement daily the business building strategies that create clients for them rather than relying on clients finding them. So mm -hmm. doing things every day, like getting in conversations with people, asking curious questions, and looking into the places where your ideal clients are to, you know, showcase yourself and actually talk to them. Mm. Okay, so that's the important. So implement daily. Okay, that's step number two. What's step number three? Step number three is M for um, you want to do your sales mindset, <laughs> you want to implement daily, and then you need to monetize your value. So you need to look at everything and think, okay, what's the intersection between what I know how to do and what I love 
and what actually produces value for people that they're going to want to buy. And you start sharing that with people. You start talking about how your value is valuable to them, how you're going to monetize it. You put a price point on it and you actually sell it. So in the beginning, I was selling coaching, like we talked about, and that is not valuable to people, right? Mm. They don't want to buy coaching. They wanted to buy solutions. So when I started to monetize my value by packaging it up and saying, I can increase your sales, I can simplify your business, I can get your sales page written, or I can write you a copywriting sequence for your nurture emails so you never have to think about email again. It went from coaching to creating a solution for them. Mm. So monetizing your value and packaging it up in a way that makes sense and speaks to the result that they're looking for rather than selling what you do, sell what results you can create. Mm. Okay. That's step number, monetizing your your values. That's step number three. What's step number four? Produce value. Produce value means you're going out and you're creating value for people. And this is your social media content. This is your opt-in. This is the things like what we're doing right now, right? You've got a podcast and you're sharing with people some value, some insights some things like that. Mm-hmm. Are they able to step away from your particular podcast and achieve success? Awesome. Great. Good for them. 99.9% of people need the support, need the help, need the detailed instructions. They have a lot of questions to ask. Mm. So never be afraid of producing value. I've created all kinds of resources and assets. I've do, I do weekly videos inside my Facebook group to produce value, to showcase it mm. and talk to people about the important beliefs and mindset shifts and myths and misconceptions they have. That type of value that you give away from your heart Mm. that feels good to people, but helps them to understand how to achieve the success they want without, you know, asking or putting up a paywall for it and not holding all this mystery, right? We always will be able to work with people and be paid for our services when we produce value on the front end and they start to recognize that there's no mystery to this. Mm. There's just a solution, right? Mm. And they they are going to need help to get to the solution. So producing value for me is doing those sorts of things. It's creating assets, whether it be your opt-in, right? Or whether it be just you in a group interacting with the community and adding value in the community. I've done that a lot in communities for a good example, like product launch formula. I'm often in there and I'm talking to people and I'm helping them with like maybe a hook or a headline for their opt-in. It's created clients for me because they're like, if you're this great about this sort of copy, if mm. you can do this this quickly and you can translate what my client needs to hear in order to create conversions for me, what are you like if I actually work with you? Mm. And it's stupidly simple, but that's what you need to do. People need to see you and, and have you showcase for them that you are valuable, that you do have a skill set, and they need to see how you're unique in order to be attracted to and want to make sales, right? Mm. Want to buy from you. Yeah, so produce value. I think this is um this is all going via organic, um, the organic route, right? So you're talking more yes. organic paid. So I'm gonna yes, I wanna clarify. Yeah, okay, so this is with the organic. Because I think a lot of people get afraid of organic and or, or people like me who are super busy and think, Oh, let me just do paid advertising in the can see an ad and they can come to my page and whatever else. You know, doing organic work seems hard work. And uh what would you say to that? So, you know, do you think it that's um, that's a mindset thing that you know, or doing organic marketing is harder than being the paid one? Or even though you're you know, with the paid one, you have to look at the ads, you have to see what value you give in the ads and so forth. So it's, it's not that difficult, a different rather, I should say. But 
you know, the, I I think this is one of my hangups. I keep thinking organic. I thought I did this in you know 2018. I'm, I'm well above that now. I should go go past and I shouldn't really have to do organic or marketing anymore. What would your response be to that? So you know, in terms of adding value or producing value. I think that there is proof of concept that lies in organic marketing. Mm-hmm. And if you try to go to ads before you have a proven concept that's validated, oftentimes I've had clients come to me and they've been running ads for a really long time to an opt-in that just isn't converting or to offers that they are expecting people to pay them without knowing them sort of thing. If they haven't done the work of like getting featured and being a name that people recognize, oftentimes those paid ads can cost them a lot more money than they Mm. need to. You don't need to go organic for forever and you don't need to go organic long term, but you do need to go organic to validate your concepts. And for instance, for me, like a recent workshop I did uh, validated the concept in a very short amount of time with about 14 people. Mm. I now know I can run that as an evergreen ad to that particular workshop and use those testimonials and create a lot more money than if I just went out and tried to create it as a paid offer on the front end through marketing. Mm. People running Facebook ads, I have opinions about this out the wazoo, but when you're running Facebook ads um, and you haven't validated your offer, yes, you are potentially throwing money away, but two, a lot of people don't actually know how to run Facebook ads correctly because right now you should be running Facebook ads to lead gen. You should be working inside the Facebook system with what Facebook wants from you. So Facebook wants people to stay on Facebook. So are your ads keeping them there or are your ads bopping them out to your paid service and your funnel and all that sort of thing? That's going to create way less conversions for you for Mm -hmm. a Facebook ad, cost you a lot more money, which is fine. If you've got the money to invest in ads, go for it and not create as many high quality leads for you. Okay doesn't build you the same kind of quality audiences, that sort of thing. So if people were to use Facebook ads in a different way where it starts reducing the price point again, which is happening right now, a lot of big companies have moved away from paid marketing, not because of what we think, not because of the pandemic, not because of, you know, marketing budgets being slashed, nothing like that. They've started moving away because what they're discovering is the TikTok of the world, Mm -hmm. that organic marketing works really, really well that user-generated content, that feeling like you know someone, that is what's working nowadays. And a lot more people are moving into that arena and want to be part of that. The fun part as entrepreneurs, as individuals, as not large marketing behemoths is that we can pivot really quickly. Mm. We can change, we can adapt, we can offer nuanced, specialized, you know, custom services to people that these big companies can't, they can't become us. They can't be as organic and as personable as us. And people nowadays, after this big dirge of not being able to, you know, communicate and be with people for a long time, they want that. They want to be in contact with someone. They want to trust a company, right? Mm. And that is value in organic in and of itself. You'd rather be, you know, a big fish in a small pond than you would be a, you know, small fish in a big pond. Yeah. You got to look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's very, very important. But isn't that more to do with niching down? If you, you know, to me, I mean, I I totally adhere to the philosophy. You should be a big fish in a small pond and you don't need that many clients to actually make a lot of money, to be honest. So, but, you know, but that's more of a niching down strategy rather than organic or paid, isn't it? It is, but I do think if you're going to be out there marketing organic and you're not talking to a particular audience about their particular problems, you're going to have some problems too. If you're a generic, 
they're not interested. Oh, yeah. you, you can't get away with that anymore because mm. you have to talk to your people, the right yeah. people. And yeah. organic marketing can help build that for you. Once you have that organic marketing, like web built and the things done, if you want to go to paid, if you need to go to paid, if you're not, you know, succeeding with referral business and that sort of thing, which eventually peters out, right? Mm. It does referral business won't last you your entire life. Mm-hmm. Unless you're out there and networking and things like that. But the amount of time that I spend doing organic marketing in a day is about 30 to 45 minutes a day. Okay. So if people don't have 30 to 45 minutes a day to work on their business, to work in their business for themselves, then I get concerned that maybe they don't have time to run a business, right? Most people are doing it in a way that it's taking them too long. They don't set boundaries on it. They don't mm-hmm. have a system to go through that sort of thing. So that's one of the things that I think is really important too, when you're producing that value and when you're doing your organic marketing strategy is to realize that you shouldn't be living on Facebook. You shouldn't have your um, phone on Instagram all the time. You shouldn't have all your notifications turned on. You should be putting it down and you should be walking away mm-hmm. or you should be doing what's really important, which is working with your clients, right? Mm-hmm. And creating results for them and doing the work you love and staying inside your brilliant zone. I think that comes more down to um, managing your time, managing your activities during your day and uh, planning your uh, how long you're going to be on a particular platform and what you're going to be doing. I agree. I think even, even if um, I think it's the mismanagement of time and organization which falls for that. When people say they don't have time for organic marketing, you can do half an hour, even 20 minutes uh, live. And I mean, we have platforms where uh, I think like StreamYard and a few others where you can go live on one and you can they can be broadcast to you know multiple platforms like YouTube and LinkedIn and, and Facebook and so forth. There are many, many opportunities out there today. And also well, TikTok is one of the, the fastest growing platforms at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think there's um, there's different avenues and it's more management of time rather than actually ability to do it. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So that's, that's number four. What's the fifth step? It's L for Leverage Simple Systems. So when I first started, I invested in way too many things. And then when I meet um, my clients, they've got usually a couple learning management softwares that they're using because they have the one they started with and then they the one that they grew up and grew into and all these different things going on they have um, email service providers that are you know hodgepodge together they're manually doing things instead of having automations or systems workflows things like that so leverage simple systems to me is i have had many clients come to me and sell off of a google doc Hmm. in an email to their audience right you need a payment processor something like a Stripe or PayPal, right? Mm-hmm. You need a payment processor. You need an email service provider that, you know, you can collect and grow your list because that's the number one thing you own on the online world, right? Mm-hmm. You don't own anything else. You don't own your followers. You don't know that those platforms aren't going to disappear. Um, and then once you have that, basically you just need to be able to give them somewhere to read about your offers. And that can be a Google doc. So if you want to start making money and keep your business on the profitability side, you don't need all the bells and whistles. You don't need the fancy things. You need proof of concept and validation. You need clients working with you. You need to be creating results. You need to give them a simple you know, system that they can work inside that can create those results. And you need something like Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. You need 
some way to talk to them. And I mean, you can use Google Meet if you want to. You don't have to pay for a bunch of things. What I find is that marketing is powerful. Mm-hmm. People get marketed all these solutions. They think they need all these different apps, all these different softwares, all these different things in order to be you know, a real business owner that offers a real service. And it's much, much more efficient and much better um, I, actually, one of my clients is a profitability strategist, and she only accepts PayPal as payment. Mm-hmm. She doesn't accept anything else, right? She just has it simple. And she makes more money than most of the entrepreneurs I know. Mm-hmm. And her systems in the back end, we've worked together for, oh gosh, like three and a half years now, and super streamlined, super slick. Nothing is getting out of her, you know, no one's escaping her particular marketing. And that sort of thing. But all it is, is PayPal. She's got a learning management software. She's got emails she sends out. Everything's evergreen. Everything's just chugging along and running. And it's creating clients for her and giving her freedom. And she's making money while she's doing it. Mm. And I think that's, that, that's, I think leveraging time and systems are very important. Other people's time. I think that, I think you can, when you're first starting off, yes, you can, um, you know, obviously you're doing everything yourself and leverage, um, uh, uh, just as Apple apps and systems. But I think as you sort of go ahead and, and start making the money, you can have a VA at least. I mean, as soon as possible, people should get a VA. Um, and you know, start delegating some, delegating some other tasks so that you're not working in the business as much as you work on the business. I think that's and learning how to delegate is a skill set that yeah. a lot of us were bad at. Yeah, I find that a lot of people don't relinquish control of the things that they just don't need to be doing. Um, I had a client who was constantly like meddling in her VA's um, content creation, like graphics and things like that. I'm like, what are you doing? Hmm. Like, could you not be spending that 20 minutes? talking to clients, you know, prospecting, that sort of thing, and and networking or getting out, writing yourself a LinkedIn article or commenting on some things on LinkedIn. Like, what are you doing? Why are you messing with the colors of your graphics? Like, that's not where your value is. And so learning how to relinquish that control is really, it's a challenge for people too. And then having the trust that you can hire the right person Mm. that can do that stuff for you and kind of speak in your voice or get those things done in the background while you're doing the right things. Yeah, I think I think that's that comes with time. And I think that and you you have to go through experience and 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 you are when you delegate um when you're looking for team members you are working with human beings and that's no different from being in the corporate job, uh, you know we know the HR departments and you know they they churn so many people out and whatever because they you know that is that's human interactions and people will be people I, I had one of my my gosh one of my oh, one of my VAs amazing amazing young girl like really really amazing. And she got, you know, she worked with me for two years and, you know, her voice was amazing. She, you know, the way she just knew what to do for my quotes, what to pick up for my articles and up and the colors and everything was just absolutely spot on. A really, really amazing girl. And I don't know, I think her, her mom, her grand, her grandma passed away and she just changed all of a sudden. I think she had very a lot of difficulty and, and I I did see a briefment, but I didn't see it was that big a, I don't know, because 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 she's in a different country. I don't know. I I, I gave it as much importance as I thought. We, we gave her time, we gave her space. She never returned. She left because after her grandma passed away and she never returned. And she didn't say bye to us or give a notice anything. And that's one of the things you are with the online. So even though we had contracts in place and whatever else, but you know, this that this this is part and parcel of the online space. So you are dealing with human beings and they have bereavements and they have, you know, 
um, breakdowns and other things like we do in a corporate in a corporate world. You know, you have colleagues, right, and and people work with you. But just because we don't see these people in in person, we're seeing them on the online space in the virtual world, doesn't negate the fact they're still human beings. So I think this is something else we need to learn, and we are too. We are learning the skills as we grow. So be patient with yourself and have compassion for your past mistakes and wherever you are right now. If you a lot think a lot of people, you know, want to be where they want to be, they want to be somewhere like five years ago, and they're still tugging along. But I think it's having patience for yourself and knowing that everything's unfolding in in the right way and you're learning skills as you go. So that was number five. What's the final step of this simple system? Uh, the final one is E for expect success. And it sounds silly. And I always get a kind of a laugh out of people when they're like, of course, I expect success. Mm-hmm. But most people, when they're doing a lot of things with their business, they don't hold the belief in themselves. They don't you said, hold that. So you won't, you won't get a laugh at me. I, 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 being a mindset coach, I know how important that is. So you know, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the most important step of all from where I am, because without that belief in that, none of the other five steps would make any difference whatsoever. Nope, not, a, not a lick of difference, right? Yeah. You have to expect success because you have to trust and know and believe in yourself that you are capable of creating what you're desiring to create, right? You're capable of creating the clients, you're capable of creating the revenue, you're capable of creating this impact making business, that sort of thing. And if you don't hold on to that expectation of success, that was one of the biggest reminders for me is that people will, you'll meet so many entrepreneurs, right? That start and just fizzle out and disappear. Mm -hmm. VAs or entrepreneurs, right? They just disappear. People do not stay in things for the long game. They're already changing careers quickly, right? In the corporate world. We see that all the time. People are jumping and hopping for more pay and more flash in the pan excitement, right? And entrepreneurs, they're not different. They're humans too. They're seeking their purpose. They're looking for what they really deeply desire and want to do. But if we don't hold true to a strong mission, our vision, Mm. our values, and what we want for our business and why we're doing this, then your expectation of success starts to get weak and it starts to falter. And if you mm-hmm. let that happen and you're wallowing around in your bed, not getting up, doing the work, not, you know, focusing on your business, you're, you're looking at some other course you can take that's going to create the success it promises, that sort of thing. And you're not doing the dirty work of, of getting there and believing in yourself and trusting you're going to fall down. You got to get up again. Yeah. I, th- I think this, the final one is so important because you are going to co- uh, come across obstacles. You are going to have pitfalls. And, you know, I shared a, a picture recently, you know, what I believe I'm here and this my, you know, go, I'm going to go there. But what actually happens, you go up, you go down 10 steps, you go up three steps, you go back four, four steps, you go up by 20 steps, then you go back by five steps. It's a convoluted journey. There is no, you know, there's no beginning and end because it's it's a constant journey and you're constantly learning. And sometimes you think, oh my God, I've arrived. Then you think, oh my God, I'm still here. And you're, you're constantly having this, um, you know, uphill battle at times, but you're also dealing with your own emotions. When you are an entrepreneur, you are responsible for maintaining your emotions, for maintaining the cash flow, for maintaining, if you have a team, uh, maintaining the, the team budget and making sure you have money to pay the teams and all the other apps that you've bought, you know, or, or, or software that you've uh, subscribed to. It's not um, for the faint hearted in the long term. But having said that, 
I think it's it's about managing your emotions and managing your expectations. And the most important being from, you know, from all the six steps I keep coming back to is belief, because if you don't believe it's going to happen, you will not have that motivation to carry on when you come across obstacles. And you will. Let's be very clear. You are going to face obstacles. There's no nothing in life has ever come without um, some element of stretch and some element of um, you know downfall and obstacles. That's the way nature works. And it's for your favor, because without those obstacles, we will not stretch. We will not grow. We will not grow into the people we need to. And yes, um, being you know entrepreneurs, you can have other uh, visions. Like I, you know, I, coaching is one, and I have property and other things that I'm doing. I've got a number of other businesses, and this is where I think too many people let go of certain things because I it's very easy for me to let go of coaching and go into carrying with property because that's that's ten times more profitable. Honestly, it is. Mm-hmm. The reason why I stick to my coaching is because it gives me more fun. It's I I I I'm, I have my passion about it. I love talking about money. I love talking about mindset. I love talking about energy, which my property business can you know <laughs> with the with the construction work really fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, there 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 have been moments in the last few months where I've sat down and I was so upset. I was so fed up with my property business that I thought that's it. I'm done. And I need, I had a masterclass for for my mastermind. I perked up. I got really happy that so I remember that particular one particular day was really the whole I remember coming having this conversation went to see there was somebody in on the on the site came back and I was drained and I was on the sofa slumped out I didn't do nothing that day and all it was like in my back of my mind I've got the call in the evening I hope I have the energy to do it it wasn't I have to do it. it's like I hope I have the energy to do it I kid you not half an hour before I had a quick no, a power nap before half an hour before I got up and I was so perked up and I was bouncing off the walls and back to being happy. That showed to me why I need to do my coaching, how it's keeping me going, <laughs> keeping me sane. So mm-hmm. you can divert uh, attention and entrepreneurs do. That's what entrepreneurs are. They have to go and do other things. But jumping, what, I'm, uh, what you refer to, I think that is where you have to stop. You need to stay with something long term. And it is as, as that works out, you may have alternative businesses, which can be more profitable depending on what your life goals are. But you can't be jumping like this doesn't work. Let's go here. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. Because the business, if it works for one person, it can work for you. So the only variable factor is yourself. So if this business didn't work for you, what's the likelihood of the next one working or the one after that working? And if one course didn't work for you and it worked for 10 other people, then what's the likelihood of the next course working for you? It, it It's hard when it's, your, it's you. It's about you, right? Yeah. It's hard when you have to look at yourself through, you know, the in the mirror and kind of see yourself for who you are. But it's also like, we are not trees. We get to shift and change. I know when I started my business, all I did was coaching. And then it really bugged me. And I really wanted to get my hands dirty in people's business and really help them out because I could see those opportunities, right? So shifting from being a coach to a consultant in my title, mm-hmm. even though I use coaching a lot in my business, was like this big mindset mess up for me. It was really tough. I was like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? I'm changing who I am. And everyone, when I changed to being a consultant, was like, yeah, that makes more sense. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Yes, you coach us. Yes, you help us get to the idea. Yes, you bring the information out from us and you you bring that sparkle or whatever. But you're a consultant. Yeah. You will tell me what to do. You will give me the advice. You will help me get there. You will tell me what software to use, right? And I'm like, oh, so no one really cares. That's who I'm supposed to be. And it didn't hurt my business, right? Like my business is called Dorothy Villeneuve Coaching. Hmm. That's my business license. That's my business title. And no one 
got their knickers in a knot or got upset about it. Everyone's completely fine, right? But for us, we get in the way and we, yeah. we start thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm burning it all to the ground to start something new. But we're not. We get to change. You don't, you're not a tree. You're not rigid and stuck. But as long long. as you have yeah. The, yeah, as long as you have that expectation of success, as long as you believe in yourself, as long as you know you're valuable and you have people around you that help you with that. Mm-hmm. that shake you out. And, and like you said, that's, I love that concept of um, whenever you're having a crappy day or whenever things are kind of going sideways and you get on a call with a client or you do some work for me, like sometimes I'll just be stuck into somebody's card trend and I'll be designing their sales page. Right. So I'll be working with graphics and doing all this stuff. And like I'll walk in my office and think, I feel awesome. And to, all too often we don't pay attention to that. Yeah. Right. Not everything we do is going to make us feel awesome. Not everything we make money from is going to make us feel awesome. But a darn large percentage of what you do should make you feel energized. And that means you're doing what you're passionate about. And that's what's important. And that's where you were meant to serve in this world, right? Energetically, you will probably agree. (laughs) 100%. 100%. I think that, and like I said, you you can have other avenues. You can have other businesses. And like I've had a a calling for another business that I'm, I'm looking into at the moment. And they are, they are extensions of who I am, but my my core. I know the one thing that I'm most passionate about. The one I will continue for the rest of my life, my days, and I'll probably die. Um, it would be coaching because I love talking about mindset. I love talking about money. I love talking about energy. So you have to. I think you can pivot and you can you can change your role slightly, but the expectation of success is very important. And what you feel good about, what makes you happy. And, you know, it's not just, I mean, a lot of people will think, well, you know, me expecting a million bucks will make me happy. Well, no, really, you want a million bucks. For example, me winning a million bucks in terms of lottery doesn't do much for me. But making a million bucks in a business, yay, I want to jump yeah. for joy. So that's, it's what makes you happy. Um, I think that's it. So expect success in your passion, in whatever you do, which makes you happy. I think that's probably, um, you know, my, my two pence to it. Oh, absolutely. And it comes full circle because when you have that expectation of success and you start to value yourself, the sales mindset part makes a lot more sense, mm. right? You start to be like, heck yeah, I got some damn value. Mm. I'm worthy. I deserve to be paid for what I'm doing. I'm creating results for people. This is important. And the kind of it cycles, the circle goes over again, right? And you you start to realize, oh, this this kind of framework, it works. <laughs> I remember hating my framework and thinking, like, I get it. This is what I do every day and it keeps me in line and and I and I operate inside it. And then I kind of like tossed it to the side and never talked about it for a while. And then I was talking to a client and she was like, remember when you taught me your simple framework and you you told me like I had to look at things through a lens of sales and see value in what I did and all these things, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, that's one of the most valuable things I've learned from you. It's just to keep things simple, to go straight forward, to look at things through the lens of sales, you know, to implement stuff daily, to always be doing like one thing for my business every day. If I'm working it as a side hustle, get something done to monetize what I do to actually tell people, Hey, you can buy this from me. And that's what we do to produce value, to go out there so that people visually see me and know, keep things simple, leverage simple systems, and then constantly hold on to that expectation of success. And I was like, yeah, actually, I kind of like my framework too. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it took a while. It came to me in my earlier days as just like, this is what I'm going to do. And then over time, it's evolved into this is this is something that people can really work with. This is a framework that works. Yeah, yeah. 
For sure, for sure. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up. So any final parting um, uh, uh, Actually, if you can give a summary of all six steps very, very quickly. Sure. It's sales mindset, implement daily, produce value, leverage simple systems, and expect success. Awesome. So where can we find you, Dorothy? Where, how can we connect you on the internet? Um, I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at Dorothy Villeneuve Coaching. Um, you can also find me at my website. It's DorothyVillenove.com. And if you hang out on Facebook, uh, I have Dorothy Villeneuve Coaching is my Facebook page, but uh, that will take you to my private community, which is Wildly Confident Sales. And inside that private community, I do weekly trainings. There's regular posts. It's a really fun community of really aligned people who are all striving for their sales goals too. And they don't think sales is a dirty word. So it's fun in there. Awesome. If you're watching, uh, actually, if you're listening to us on the podcast, then all the links that Dorothy's just mentioned would be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we have all the links for Dorothy as well. Go check her out. She is amazing. And hopefully she can help you with yourself. Well, thank you so much, Dorothy, for being such an amazing guest. It's been absolutely fabulous talking to you. Yes. Wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Gal. It was great catching up. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Dorothy today on Money Talkies. I will be back with another amazing guest, finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.goldcarn.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.